<laughs> Coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. I actually stopped at Dunkin' Donuts yesterday and got an apple fritter, and it was unbelievable. Still not a donut. Still not a donut, but available at Dunkin' Donuts. I mean, is a wherever. Boston cream donut a fritter? No. It do- a donut doesn't have to have a hole in it. Anyway, we're getting off track here. <laughs> this is... Well, what's a fritter have to have? Anyway, please go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be frittered. Everyone knows that. Uh, okay, so... We can't figure out what's wrong with the pack. Well, we know what's wrong, but beyond the obvious of the receivers, it is hard for us to diagnose everything that's going on in Green Bay. That's why we brought in an expert, Perloff. It's Leroy Butler, of course, newly minted Hall of Fame safety, former Packer. He's now the host of the Leap 36 podcast. Leroy, first of all, congratulations on the Hall of Fame. We haven't spoken to you since. What a well-deserved honor. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, How does life change I'm, once you're I'm in the hall? I'm always available, so I'm not sure why you haven't reached <laughs> out to me. Y'all going to wait till they lose five straight. <laughs> okay, I get, it. I get it. We were waiting for them to turn it around, Leroy. We thought that once, you know, has some good vibes going, but we've been waiting and waiting, and it's just not happening. I know. It's, and this hasn't happened since 1988, and back when the Packers, I think the fans understood that back in the 80s that they were rebuilding uh, Lenny Infante, who drafted me in the ni- 1990, that their team was kind of, they scored points, but the defense is not that good. But the fan base was still there. The shocking part about it is the fan base, when you have a Hall of Fame quarterback, they don't think this is supposed to happen. So it's been shocking to everybody in the state of Wisconsin. But, Leroy, isn't it shocking to you as well? Like, this isn't supposed to happen when you have Aaron Rodgers. Well, yeah, but, you know, as a player, we look at it a little bit different. I'll be fair, because as players, we know on any given Sunday you can lose. We, I mean, look at the upsets this weekend. I mean, sometimes you're going to lose games, but it's just the way that you lose games that's really concerning to the locker room. So because we don't blame each other, you know, the fans does that, and then the barbershop, of course, and sometimes the media, but as they're supposed to. But as players, you got to get ready for the next game the following week, which is Dallas, by the way. But you have to tell yourself, what are we good at at this point? Because we're at the halfway point where if you want to get in the playoffs, you got to win nine games. For that to happen, what needs to happen? Sometimes you look at the mirror. There's two types of mirrors, by the way. The mirror that you look in the bathroom, it just shows just like to your shoulders. But the one that shows your entire body, that mirror is very honest with you, okay? It shows everything. I mean, every, it shows you that Detroit was 32nd in the league in defense, and you scored nine points. Oh. That mirror shows you that you do have a great quarterback, but he threw three interceptions, three in the red zone. So as long as they look in the mirror and be honest with themselves, that's how they can get it turned around. So how much of this should we have seen coming, or did you see coming? We knew that the wide receiver room might be a problem, uh, but I think it's been a little worse than we thought. Should we have been more cautiously optimistic and understood that it was going to take a while for this offense to get going? Great question. Aaron Rodgers, I think he mentioned this in April or May when somebody asked him, why don't you come and work with the young receivers and get, um, get on par with them? And he said something, I'm paraphrasing, like they got to learn the offense first. Because you, if you don't know where to line up, I mean, what's the use of me just showing videos of me throwing you balls 
if you can't be on the field. And the problem is none of these guys have been healthy enough. I mean, Christian Watson, the second-round pick, wide receiver, he got a, he has another concussion. Sammy Watkins missed a lot of training camp. I mean, Randall Cobb is out. But in the, in this life in the NFL, no one feels sorry for you. If you got a guy to line up, you think at least I have a quarterback. Because this, you don't. Maybe it's, the times are changing now. Where because on my podcast, Leap Thirty Six podcast, the number one question poll we polled this last night. The number one question was why didn't the Packers do like the Colts? and bench Rodgers for Jordan Love like they did Matt Ryan. So I'm like, okay, I don't know if we do that. Is that unprecedented? Well, guess what? You, We fired Mike McCarthy with four games to go a few years ago. So it's it just what you're willing to tolerate. So and I think the only thing about that is this fan base is not used to this because for three years, guys, we've won 13 games. Oh, yeah. You know, for three straight years, you know, championship games and playoffs. So it just, the eye test right now doesn't look good. We're talking with Leroy Butler, of course. He's a Hall of Fame safety for the Packers. Got a podcast called the Leap 36 Podcast. You just mentioned, so the number one question from Packer fans yeah. was, when will they bench Aaron Rodgers for Jordan Love? Leroy, yeah. should, should they bench Aaron Rodgers for Jordan Love? See, that's always the discretion of the head coach, okay? Because sometimes coaches they do go to the bullpen. Sometimes coaches are like, you could pitch your way out of it. And I'm thinking, LaFleur's probably thinking, this is the worst defense in the league. Sort of later, he's going to hit somebody, somebody open and get on a run. Well, it never happened. So that's, it's hard to pull a guy when you're playing a team like Detroit because they just fired the defensive backs coach. So you're thinking there's going to be some breakdown somewhere. But that's always up to the coach, you know. And once the coach makes that decision, it's not up to the player anymore. You got to come out of the game and just kind of, you know, cool it for a minute. So I would say we don't normally see that because if that was the case, there was a lot of games that Brett threw some interception and Hunger never pulled him. He let him stay out there, and it benefited Brett because you have to overcome those kind of plays and keep moving. But Leroy, just to follow up on that, I mean, should the Packers start thinking about Jordan Love? to start the next game or like, you know, do, is there a time when they say, all right, Aaron, like the season is not going the way we thought. We've got to see what the young kid has. Does that happen this year? That's another great question. And I'm sure that's what the fans are going to follow up with. Okay. Say they lose three more games. You got, well, let's look at it in perspective. You got the Cowboys best defense. I mean, the defense, Michael Parsons. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and then you play when they put my name up in the uh, ring of honor, the Titans, yep. they got a young quarterback. So I don't know if you could – that defense get after you as well. Then you got the Eagles, the best team in the league. After that point, if you've lost those games, you got to get Jordan Love in there at some point because there's no playoffs. I mean, there's no playoffs. I mean, you're not in the playoffs. So now you got to just figure out – because you got to find out at some point can Jordan Love play because you can't get rid of Aaron Rodgers because of his contract. But you can find a way to get Jordan Love some work to just kind of find out what you're going to have in a few years. And that's interesting because that would, wouldn't you have to pay Jordan Love at some point? Because you would have Rodgers through next year. I, I'm not sure where they're going with Jordan Love, even if they play him three or four games. What do you think? I think, I, I, and I'm just guessing, I think they'll pick up his fifth year option 
And they may even have to sign him to a one-year extension to keep him. Because what they don't want is when, you know, when your quarterback leaves, like some of these other franchises, like the Atlanta Falcons, and if you look at um, Tampa Bay, when Brady leaves, there is no, I mean, there's no succession plan. Uh, the Saints, you know, when Drew Brees left, I mean, when these teams leave, these, these great Hall of Famers leave, the organization is in shambles. So you got to have a quarterback. And they believe in Jordan Love. So they're going to keep him and pay him, and he's just going to wait his turn, whether it's by the team uh, being bad and he plays or Rodgers finishes contract out, and it's up to him at that point. We're talking with little Roy Butler. That's great. You're going to be uh, inducted to the Ring of Honor. So, so cool. Uh, so, uh, obviously, so deserving. Uh, host of the Leap 36 podcast. Um, want to flip over to the defensive side for a second, Leroy, because unfortunately you get the terrible news about Rashawn Gary with the yes, torn ACL. Yes. I mean, just can you quantify how big of a loss that is for a defense that was already struggling this year? Well, thanks for talking about him because he was on the cusp of going to get a massive contract. He's already had, you know, one of the top 10 in the league in sacks. He arguably was your best defender to get after the quarterback. And now he gets, a, you know, alleged, allegedly a season-ending injury. It kind of happened to David Bajari. It happened to Jenkins. And, you know, it happened to uh, Tunyon. Uh, it seemed like every time one of these guys – ready to go, he gets an injury. So, But this guy's a workout warrior, man. This guy looks – I think he'll be back in enough time to where he can make a difference next year. But it's going to, that defense is going to take a hit going after the quarterback because you also had Campbell, your all-pro middle linebacker. He's hurt. And then you had your other backup linebacker, um, Barnes. He's hurt. And – Preston Smith had to go out at some time. So they're getting down to the numbers to where you're going to see numbers out there playing for the Packers that you don't recognize. <laughs> but whoever they put out there, they got to play hard. All right, Leroy, I'm going to ask you to put on your GM hat. You're Brian okay. Gutenkus, and it was a trade deadline last week. Yes. There are wide receivers out there, and there are reports that the Packers made offers. Would you have yes. really put – a big offer out on the table to get, say, a Chase Claypool or a DJ Moore or a Darren Waller? Was it worth giving up future draft picks of some value to get help this year? Now, this is what I would have done if it were me now, not Gutekunst. First of all, we don't have any cap room at all. The thing about Chicago, who has the same record, you know, they're struggling with Miami, but they scored 32 points, and they got a, a young quarterback. They got $100 million salary cap, and a bunch of picks. The Packers don't have that. With that said, I probably would have pulled the trigger just for morale, okay, because the morale is just so low. And they've been trying, guys. They've had people leapfrog them like Chicago because their pick may be better. Who, don't, who knows if they'll be better or not? But you, at this point, we all know on your amazing show at America – Everybody know they wanted a receiver, so you would have had to overpay. So the question is, in the room with the executives, do I want to give up a future first-round pick for Kate Claypool, for either one, even Elijah Moore, just somebody to just say, 
to the fan base, we know your morale is low. This guy may not even help us get into the playoff, but we're going to do it and mortgage another first-round pick or even the second pick we got from Devontae Adams. I would have did it just for the morale of it. I really would have. Yeah, kind of show, like, it's worth the season's worth saving, you know, or that you're doing everything you can to save the season. Uh, I think it's a great point. Leroy Butler is our guest. He's the host of the Leap 36 podcast. Of course, he's also a Hall of Fame safety. Um, You know, Leroy, you mentioned about the morale being low, and that's why you would have made a move at the deadline just to boost everybody. You know, the vibe in the locker room now, you mentioned players don't like to blame you know, point, you know, give out blame like we do in the media or the fans do. But, mm-hmm. you know, how much is like, could the locker room be teetering a little bit? Because I can't imagine when you lose five in a row, you know, that guys are, it's probably difficult to stay positive, I would imagine. And here's the thing I'll tell players you know, the media, don't blame the media or the fans for pointing fingers. They're supposed to do that. They're holding you accountable, even if you don't hold yourself accountable. So don't be retweeting them and don't be saying some guys hating on you. Don't do that. Don't even waste your energy with that. Because right. when you're playing great, you want the headlines. Right. So put that put that to the side. So guys are just too sensitive. But I'll say this, when you have a locker room, okay, a guy's twenty one and thirty one, in this case twenty one and maybe thirty eight or thirty nine Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> yeah. how you get all these guys to agree on one goal and that's to win a game, it's difficult. But once you come in that locker room, you put all that differences aside. And it's it's a we game. It's not an I game. We know you get paid a lot more than me. You're getting $50 million, I'm probably getting the minimum. But you need me. That's the only way you can get to 50 because guys, they're getting the minimum of doing their job. So it's a we game. We go over the hill. We don't sleep in the foxhole. We do these things. Next thing you know, you won five straight. And you're back in it. Until the we, more we's, that's for any team in America. You've got to look at the mirror that shows your entire body, not the one just your beautiful face. <laughs> you can't do that. And, and sometimes that's what teams do. They'll put out their quarterback to be the spokesperson. He'll talk about it. And we allow quarterbacks to do this stuff, all 32 of them, by the way. But the other guys are like, wait a minute, what about us? Because I would not be in the Hall of Fame if it wasn't for Brett Favre, Reggie White, Antonio Freeman, George Coots and these guys, when you get that point, that's when you start to win. Leroy, I can't tell you how much we appreciate this. Love the Leap 36 podcast. Again, congrats on the Hall of Fame induction, and have fun on November 17th when you get inducted into the Ring of Honor. So cool. Mm-hmm. They got to be the tights, right? I mean, the day I'm, come on now. Let's go, Pat. <laughs> well, that, I tell that to Maggie. To if Malik Willis is the quarterback for the Titans, this is a W for the Packers. Yeah, please, please. We need anything right now. Anything. Thank y'all so much for having me. I really appreciate it. No, thank you, Leroy. Appreciate it. All good things coming your way. You deserve them. That's awesome, Leroy Butler. I don't. Here's the thing. You lose to the Lions. I can't yeah. say you're supposed to beat anybody, even – the Titans who throw the ball literally six times a game. I mean, it was an amazing loss to the Lions because they were moving the ball really well. I couldn't believe it because I watched. I got fascinated by this game. Aaron Rodgers had so many open guys, and they were moving the ball well. They just those red zone interceptions killed them. It was eight nothing for a long time. What football game is eight nothing in the year twenty twenty two? Um, what? How is Detroit's defense shutting you out at halftime? They're, they're, because you turn the ball. Oh, on. I You're know. at the one yard line twice. 
Maybe it's, don't get cute and try to throw the ball to David Box. Why don't well, I, I hate to be the ultimate football fan. Just quarterback sneak. Just keep quarterback sneaking. Run <laughs> All the way down the field. Sneak. <laughs> you tell me Aaron Rodgers can't quarterback sneak. You're at the one yard line. You do first of all, he's in shotgun again. Always, are are we smarter than NFL coaches? That, I'm starting to think we are. <laughs> that is the thing of the day. Just all, everyone in shotgun all the time. Fourth and inches at the goal line, shotgun. Why wouldn't you? Josh Allen, for example, your Buffalo quarterback. I yep. know he's got his hurt elbow. He can sneak. It could be third and four, and he's going to sneak for that four yards. <laughs> yeah, all he has to do is fall forward, <laughs> and it's four yards. Listen, the master was Brady all those years. Brady, yeah. I know. I don't get it. I don't understand this goal line. You have the ball at the one yard, first and one, and you don't score. You have a major problem. You think? 855-212-4CBS. <laughs> 855-212-4227. Sorry. Uh, okay, see you guys on the phones. Going to get back to college in just a moment. Perloff and I do not agree. I believe that LSU's win over Alabama was the biggest win of the weekend. Perloff thinks it's obviously Georgia's win over Tennessee. We're willing to hear from some Notre Dame fans on this one. We're willing to hear from some Texas fans on this one. Hey, let's not forget TCU, by the way. TCU with another come-from-behind win. (laughs) How about a little Oregon? How about a little... Hey, the whole Pac-12, USC. How about that? Back in the picture. It's going to be fun. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Who do you think... Which college football team had the biggest win of the weekend? All right, we'll get to that in just a moment. Don't move. More Maggie and Perloff on CBS Sports Radio, CBS Sports Network, Sirius XM Channel 158, and the free Odyssey app. This season, for the first time, you can hear every Westwood One NFL broadcast stream live for free Mondays, Thursdays, Sunday nights, the International Series, holiday triple headers, and every postseason game. Catch all the action on the Odyssey app on westwoodonesports.com via Westwood One station streams or by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports. All sponsored by AutoZone. Free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes AutoZone America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone. AutoZone. What a fun weekend of college football. It's going to be pure chaos from here on out. So... I uh, I had an interesting weekend. I actually watched the entire Tennessee-Georgia game in a sports bar, a yard house. Uh, <laughs> do you know yard house? Is, it's an awesome uh, sports bar yes. chain. Uh, do you think this is unique? No, no, no. No, it was, it was so cool. So I had, I had basically Penn State, Indiana, I think. Terrible game on one screen. <laughs> and then I had full movie-sized theater of this Georgia-Tennessee game. Nice. So for me... And the colors and the pageantry of Athens was amazing. And then at night, to me, what made the Alabama LSU game so special was the the vibe in yeah. Baton Rouge was amazing. Now, but I take that to mean you got to give Alabama a little credit for even being in there. Like that yeah. is a handicap that you get in college football. Sometimes the schedule works out where you have to go to Baton Rouge at night. It's really hard to win those games. I don't see that as a huge indictment of Alabama. Had an Alabama won like 10 of the last 11 against LSU. Well, last I mean, year they almost lost LSU. And when LSU was completely imploding, they took them down to the last couple minutes in Tuscaloosa. Right. So Almost the- isn't losing, though. Like, I, I forgive me, but I cannot make excuses for Alabama. This was supposed to be the team. And maybe mm. we were wrong. Maybe we, we were knew, all off. We knew pretty quickly that was not the case. Okay, but I still can't, like, I can't give them, like, what, moral victory points for Alabama? Saying, That's where we are with I'm Alabama? I'm just saying, it is not, LSU beating Alabama is not the Villanova 1985 national title. It, it, Alabama's in these close games, and I don't know. It's a coin flip. Sometimes it doesn't go your way. LSU went for two. 
They made it. It was a great game. It was unbelievable. How but to Jason me, Jason Taylor's kid with the touchdown and the two point conversion. It to yeah, to me, it wasn't a huge indictment of Alabama. Like Alabama blew it this year. Their chance at the national title. They're just not that team this year. And that's a hard place to win. I think if they play LSU in neutral field, they beat them. Okay. But it was tough. Well, okay, but I think this is just massive for LSU, and I don't want to. I, I think LSU deserves to have this moment. I didn't see it coming necessarily, but they deserve to have this moment without any caveats, without, you know, okay, you were home. So Alabama enjoys a home field advantage when they get it. So totally. like, that's just part of playing life in the SEC. No one knows that more than Saban. And I feel like by making excuses for Bama, it's taking away from LSU's accomplishment. And so, LA, first of all, it's LSU. They have nothing but four and five star recruits. It's not like this the little sisters of the poor. Oh, I get it. But yeah. this was Brian Kelly first year. I don't think anyone's expectations they're were you're going to beat Alabama. They're preseason top 25 team. They didn't come out of nowhere. I know, but the, considering how the season had gone, they did not look great. They didn't play a good game against Tennessee. Meanwhile, Alabama played an excellent game against Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was a – I don't think people – I, I want to get – this is how I want to frame it. I want to give Brian Kelly and LSU a lot of credit here because for in your first season coaching in the SEC, and I know he's an established coach in Notre Dame all those years, but to come in and make a statement like that – and deliver the knockout blow to Alabama, whether they're a college football playoff team this year or not. You just took the juggernaut of the sport, the creme de la creme. They are the standard of the sport. Maybe Georgia is now, but Alabama has been the standard. And Brian Kelly took him out with a gutsy, crazy, awesome play and game to go for two was awesome. And I just want them to get all the flowers today. All right, but it's LSU. I feel if it was a no, lesser program. No, my point. If it was a Michigan, lesser program, I'm not even going to make a big deal of this. This is what else you paid Brian Kelly more than any other coach for to win games like this. So he's doing his job. Now, the interesting thing to me is they're only three point favorites this week at Arkansas. They have tough games coming up because it's on the road in the SEC. Now they have the target on their back, and they're going to Arkansas, and then they go to Texas A&M later, who's terrible. Yep. But you know they have nothing but four- and five-star recruits who are underperforming. So it's going to be a similar situation. I think there's a lot of football. If And we talked about this last Friday. Can a two-loss LSU team make the final game? I think the odds are minuscule because there's no way that that LSU team is beating Georgia because Georgia will not let Jaden Daniels run at will. No, they would, so, have, they would have to win the SEC championship. Yeah, and they, that means they'd have to beat Georgia yep. in Atlanta. Uh, in the, yeah. I assume that's where the title game yeah, is. is. So I just think that this is a silly conversation because there's no way. First of all, there's no, I don't, I'm not sure they're going to win both these games. If they get to the SEC title game, there's no way they're beating Georgia. Then I think one lost Tennessee is fine. Okay, I think but, they're going to be in there. But think about how we're moving the goalposts now for LSU. No one was expecting them to, even, to what, not the college football playoff, not to be anywhere near the SEC championship game. So I want to give them the credit that they're now uh, in alone at the top of the SEC West. They deserve that. And oh, like, that's great. But they're LSU, of course. They're LSU and Brian Kelly. This is where they should be. Okay. No. Going into the se- going into the season, you did they, not think these expectations. I think they were ranked 25 going into the season. Okay. But there, some wins also, you have to imagine, and like you get with me on this, like that some wins are bigger than others. No, it's a huge win. Yeah, they beat Alabama. This is a win by Brian Kelly in his first year in the SEC. Mm. Okay. I mean, it's a statement, but what does it really mean? It means you can take down Nick Saban in Alabama. Think about the, what the the last. I believe it's the last time the Brian Kelly and Nick Saban met on a neutral field. Does everyone remember what happened in Miami? They got shellacked. Notre Dame killed them in the national title. Excuse me, Alabama killed Notre Dame in the national title game. This has got to be great. 
It's a yeah. little revenge. Well, okay. So they have two losses this year. Let's let's see where they are at the end of the season because I think LSU has to be in the national title conversation or Brian Kelly will not fulfill what he's there for. So Year one? No, within three or four years, I'm saying. That is the expectation for LSU. So to me, it's a big win. The fact that Texas A&M almost did the same thing to Alabama, that Texas almost did this to Alabama, I don't know. It's, it's a big win, but to me, it's not a program-defining win. Oh, man, could not disagree more. Let's go to the phones, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Let's go to George in Georgia. Hey, George, how's it hey, going? Hey, Maggie, how are you guys doing? We're doing great. You know what? On Friday, I was listening to you guys, and I'm running. I'm running to your defense, and you were talking about using the word natty. And then you, right under your breath, you said, there's got to be a 21-year-old in Athens saying that word. So I called my daughter, and I made her come into Atlanta this weekend. We actually got to see the Blue Angels fly. She jumped in the car. We are driving down to the airport. I said, honey, do you still use the word the natty? She goes, yeah, maybe two years ago. Oh, no. I tried. (laughs) Oh, George. (laughs) Thank you. You know what? I'll take two years ago. Uh, If anyone, for people who weren't maybe listening on Friday, Perloff said me using the term the natty was like calling something the bomb. Well, Which okay. George probably would have said maybe when his I daughter was born. I couldn't think of a better expression, but you knew what I meant. That it sort of had, I don't know. It's, it's like, run its course. Okay, it's kind of like saying mid in a year. <laughs> yes, but George said two years ago. Two years ago is still somewhat in striking distance of cool. The cool. bomb is not cool at all. Okay, I, I'm sorry, you're going to focus on the bomb. My part was the natty had, had passed its moment. It's passed its moment. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right about that. Nathan is in L.A. Nathan, what's up? Hey, good to talk to you guys. Appreciate it. First of time. Uh, so, Mike, I'm going to preface my question by saying I'm a lifelong Michigan football fan. Okay. Do I and other Michigan fans, as well as the fans of all the teams that are going to be listed through two through six, uh, tomorrow, going to have to come to the realization that that Georgia's on another level from all of it, beyond all of us. Well, Georgia almost got taken down by Mizzou this year. It's not the same team as last year, so who knows, right? I mean, Michigan. If Michigan, I, mean, I want to believe. I want to believe, <laughs> and I think we could face them, but I just know what I've seen. Well, Mizzou, you know, uh, Michigan will just try and be a, that weird old school yeah. run team and control the clock, right? Maybe the different style will help. I don't know. I think we could, I think we could do it. I'm not, you know, I don't want to disbelieve. <laughs> I'm just seeing, you know, I'm trying to be level headed here. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if it's just us. I'm saying Ohio state fans need to do this. Yeah. Deal Na- with Nathan, this. I'll, I'll make it crystal clear for you. Nathan, it's over. All right. Just pack it up. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you, thank you for the call. I'm sorry. I'm not here to sugarcoat things for you. Just memo to everyone else in college football. It's over. And Michigan is really good, and Ohio State, you know, not a great game for them. They won, beat Northwestern. The weather was terrible. Um, Those are two really good teams. I don't know if the Big Ten could possibly get two teams in. I don't know. I mean, we still have a long way to go here. The Pac-12 is going to have something to say about that. Maybe the Big 12, too. But it's over. Georgia's Georgia's the best. I think the interesting one is Ohio State. Uh, with, With it now that they have a defense, I'll take the field. Okay, I'll go back to the field. Because I don't think this Georgia team is as good as last year. Yeah, they beat Hen and Hooker in Tennessee. But that's a team that's that's pretty good. I mean, talking about someone we didn't see coming. What were they ranked preseason? Oh, Tennessee? Yeah, 45 or something. Yeah. I, I don't think they were even in the conversation. So, 
Yeah, Georgia, it was an impressive win. Okay, I'll take the field. I'll go back to the field. I mean, obviously, Georgia's a heavy favorite to win all that. I just looked at the odds. Ohio State's second at plus 200. Georgia's at plus 100 or a little bit above even. So While we're quickly, though, talking to a Michigan fan, trying to maybe reassure him, but there's no reassurance, do you want to revisit our too many weeks away prediction for Ohio State-Michigan? Because I think you are definitely staunchly in the Ohio State camp has Michigan done anything to make you change your mind? No, but Ohio State is maybe done a little bit. No, I'll take I'll take Ohio State. You want to bet something? Let's think about it. We still got a couple weeks to go. I want to get you in now. <laughs> Wait, no. Uh, Rich in Let's Chicago. think about it. Oh, come on. Rich, how are you? Hey. Hey. I got I got a theoretical question for you guys. What is it? Well, the college football players are so hosed up now. But but let me ask you this. Uh, because being a Florida guy, I've seen all the SEC guys, and LSU is coming on strong. What happens if, you know, LSU could be the in the SEC championship game for the West? Yep. What happens if they beat Georgia as a two-loss team? I think they get in, Rich, and thank you for the call. We talked about this a little bit. Like, I think whoever wins the SEC is getting in to the college football playoff. I think that – even if you don't think the SEC is like dominant this year, or if you think the SEC is having a down year, no, there is still such a reverence for that conference that I think the champion automatically gets in. I don't think that. I think SEC is having a great year. I mean, Georgia beat uh, Oregon forty-nine to three, so they're fine in that regard. I, I mean, who knows? Maybe three if everything falls the right way. Tennessee's gonna have a great argument. They they beat up LSU. Yep. So they, I mean, it's going to be hard for LSU to beat Georgia in that SEC title game. But if LSU did make it, then why not three? Because you'll have Michigan, Ohio State. I'm assuming TCU is falling off. I'm sorry, Maggie. I know they're your, they're they, your guys. I, I've taken up for their cause. Well, Clemson now is gone by the wayside because yeah. the loss to Notre Dame and they still have, what, South Carolina to play, I believe, who's still ranked, but that's not going to be enough. Can we... Also, I don't think Clemson deserves it, quite frankly. No. They've got a lot of, obviously, the questions at quarterback. I mean, it's a revolving yeah. door. Pick a guy. But Clemson has all sorts of problems. Yes. They Basically, they got to start modernizing going to the transfer portal because they don't have enough talent there right now, at least at skill positions. Okay. If Oregon ends up getting close to the Final Four, can we go out to Eugene and celebrate with our people? Because we are we are Oregon fans. I, mean, I know you... You, you're a Cal fan too. Oh, yeah, I know. I got. I'm being pulled in a lot of different directions. <laughs> but but I, you, you know what? That's when I'll wear the duck costume to pay off my bet with Nick in Texas. If we go to Eugene, yes, I love that. I heard an interesting rumor, by the way. What's up? That you know, DJU at Clemson obviously will lose his job next year if he. I think he's more eligibility. If he doesn't go pro, how about him as an Oregon Duck? Because they're going to, they'll go, they're going to the transfer portal to presumably get the best quarterback available. I'm a big DJU fan, and he looks so bad this year. Yeah. But Bo Nix looked really bad at Auburn. That's true. And he's totally resuscitated himself at Oregon. I, I am jumping on that bandwagon for next year, DJU at Oregon, and I will wear the duck costume. Wow. Calling it now? I don't know if I'm calling it now, but I, I heard that and it made sense because the transfer portal has reshaped college football. It's you free got, agency. It's free agency. You got to look ahead and say, wait, which quarterbacks can be where next year? And it's a fun little chess game. Hey, even if you're bad this year, you could get Hendon Hooker and all of a sudden be really good. So I don't know. It's a fun little element right now. And I want to get on, you know, you have Cal. I want, I want, I want us to be Oregon. Well, I, I settled on Cal for this season. 
Oh, okay. You know, okay. I w- I'm trying on Cal. Wait, and wait, you know wait, what? Wait, what? Cal, I thought held their own against USC. They've held their own against a lot of teams, but I'll let's let's look back at this picking of teams. The three hats that were on the table were Cal, South Carolina, and LSU. I know. I uh, feel like there might be. I chose unwisely. I feel unwisely like there might there. be a little bit of a hindsight is no nah, longer 2020. No, I'm I'm happy I went with Cal. They recruited me hard on the internet. That's like all that it takes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. you be you you would have painted your face purple and yellow today if you were going LSU before the season. I probably would have. I, I I was very very impressed going for two, knowing how much like I, just the backlash I could have felt it if they had failed in that two point attempt. I totally disagree with that. I think well, fans would have been disappointed. Disappointed, but I don't think they would have killed Brian Kelly. Don't you think? Would you have gone for two there? I don't know. I'm kind of a I'm kind of a wimp. I felt like the whole stadium because it, you know how many plays they had in overtime. One offensive play. Yeah, and they just ran right by Alabama. Alabama's defense was totally lost. I know it felt like going for two beats. I felt like if you get a shootout with Bryce Young, that that felt uncomfortable. I felt like Your going home, for two. I get it, but believe me, I think the fan base would have been skewering Brian Kelly if they had failed. That's just how people are. You're emotional. Where you're reacting in the moment. Why not tie the game and do another series? You never know. You get an interception. You can do anything. Yeah, it's funny. I feel like it was such a no-brainer to to not to go for two. I think he would have been okay. I don't know. Maybe I'm playing revisionist history, but there was no way they were stopped. Alabama it just was gassed at that point. They were eight five five two one two four CBS eight five five two one two four two two seven. All right, coming up, we've got tonight our picks for Monday Night Football, of course, and the one do-over. A team wishes they had. We'll get to that in just a moment. Don't move. More Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio, CBS Sports Network, Sirius XM Channel 158 in the free Odyssey app, and a CBS Sports update with Marco Belletti. It's time to answer our Ask the Pros question today. It's brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Today's question comes from Dustin in St. Paul. Is the media going to start giving some love to my Vikings? Seven and one. Don't forget, you can submit a question by going to cbssportsradio.com slash askthepros or tweeting it at CBS Sports Radio using the hashtag askthepros. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm not. I, I ha- I'm having trouble. It wasn't a great game yesterday. I mean, this is Yeah, they- Heineke handed that game back to the Vikings. I mean, look at these wins. Let's, go, let's scroll down their wins. They beat Washington. At Washington, you know what? And then they they edged the Cardinals last week, thirty four twenty six. They beat Miami twenty four sixteen. I guess that's a press. No, no Tua. No in that Tua. Game. Yep. They beat the Bears twenty nine twenty two. The Saints, when the Saints were a bit of a mess, and the Lions, and they lost to my Eagles, of course. I just think it's it's way too many narrow wins. People think that the pendulum is going to swing and they're going to come down a little bit. I know, but isn't they're that good? It's but... kind of like us being haters, though, isn't it? Because totally. there's other teams that we don't talk about the style points and how much they're blowing teams out by. I mean, listen, your Philadelphia Eagles were in a dog fight with the Houston Texans yeah. last week on Thursday Night Football. Yeah. Let's not forget that. So. A win's I mean, a win. I think the Vikings and the Eagles are very close, to be honest. Like, well, but yeah. the Eagles blew them out. Yeah, early in the season. But that, I, can I just give you a quick number on point differential? And I really enjoyed this one. So you've been sort of hanging over my head that I called the AFC East bad. Yeah. I called you a, a homer because you have the Bills in that division. Yeah. Can I give you some point differentials? They have the best point differential in the NFL, the AFC East. The reason is the Bills are plus 102 points on the season, which is an overwhelming number one in the league. But your Miami Dolphins are minus 11 on the season. Huh. Uh, the Jets are only plus 20 and they're six and three. 
and the Pats are five and four and plus thirty-seven. There's a lot of narrow wins in that division. I just think that when you have a small point differential, eventually it comes to haunt you, which is what the Vikings are very slim. They've won a lot of close games. So don't you think that it is reasonable to assume that they'll come back down to earth? Yeah, but you know what? Listen, I think they're definitely winning the division. Now yeah, it's just going to be up five games. Yeah, already. Five games in the division. <laughs> Kirk Cousins like is the Joe Montana of that division. How about him on the plane yesterday? No shirt on. Yeah. No, no, everyone he's cooler gave him their Montana. chain. <laughs> sure, <laughs> and he gave everyone gave them his chain. So he's wearing like yeah. fifty neck all diamond necklaces and sunglasses, basically dancing, yeah, pretending to rap. Oh my gosh, I heard more people saying, "Oh my gosh, Kirk Cousins has a six pack," which wasn't even true, but he was basically better shape than we kind of thought he was. I mean, don't we expect these guys to be in good shape? He's a quarterback in the NFL. Of course, mm, he's in good shape. Kirk Cousins, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, it looked nice. But they have a plus 32 differential for a 7-1 team is about as low as you can get. Well, and you know who they're playing next week? The Bills. Yeah. And everything, we'll the season we'll just see. hangs in the balance right now. You can't tell by my demeanor right now on CBS Sports Network or if you're listening on CBS Sports Radio, but I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out because now Josh Allen has like a UCL injury, they think. Chris Mortensen yeah. reporting this. So basically he's like, Going to get Tommy John or I have no idea. Yeah, I that, don't even want to let my brain uh, go to the start This is a little Jerry place. Maguire. I'm not going to do what you all think I'm going to do and <laughs> flip out. No, I am going to do what you all think I'm going to do, and I am going to flip out. I'm so going to be pro, totally pro, on brand. Pro, See, I don't real think, quick, I just want to yeah. bring up one point. With Tua starting and ending a game, the Dolphins are a plus 42 differential. So let's also look I, at I'm that side I'm just so glad it. I have my in-show fact checker to <laughs> would you point out when that. I get a stat right Mike? It's, it's all about AFC East no no you're right I'm just qualifying it because I'm an AFC East guy so I'm because trying to prove that we're better than you're giving us credit for and he doesn't want the Skylar Thompson uh yeah Skylar Thompson Skylar Teddy Thompson Bridgewater Thompson does not <laughs> count don't count here can we do a show bet on the next next Bills Jets game assuming Josh Allen isn't hurt can we do a Samper versus Maggie bet because you were bragging and saying yeah. we should have done a bet I'd like to do a December 11th in Buffalo bet and high stakes. I mean, am, am I getting the 14 points? <laughs> uh, <laughs> probably will be. Uh, I, well, that's assuming Josh Allen is healthy. Do you guys, I'm going to have a, I'm going to freak out. I am going to freak out if he, if he's hurt and this is the season and then all of a sudden he's got some elbow injury that like no quarterback gets. Well, he did say after the game that he downplayed it. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, Stafford, <laughs> Stafford has the same injury, and I'll tell you, Stafford overthrew everybody by about 15 yards on 12 yeah, bombs. Yeah, they also yesterday. can't win a game. Well, that's yeah, not and Jalen Ramsey's calling them out for sucking. Yeah, but did you see? Did you see when Stafford was throwing the long ball last night? He still got full arm strength, and Allen, even with his hurt, hurt arm, threw a 60 yard dime to Gabe Davis. The longest the pass the on Statcast in the last six years. 69.5 yards. This is like when Justin Herbert came back and threw like a 40-yard bomb after he'd broken three ribs. Sometimes <laughs> it's just like the adrenaline takes over. That's not sustainable, you know? All right, let's quickly go to Charles in North Carolina. Charles, how are you? Fine. Great. What do you uh, have? I can ask you one question. Why don't you give Georgia Bulldogs some good? They beat two great teams. They beat, they beat Tennessee and they beat Allen. Why don't you all give a little credit to him? Kobe Smart is a good, a good coach, and I'm a big Georgia fan. Y'all don't get enough credit to Georgia Bulldogs how much good teams they are. And the Carolina Panthers are not worthy 
making money for me. They go get a good quarterback for George. Georgia is one of the best kids, and you ain't getting no credit of beating Alabama and Tennessee. Would you give Kirby Smith a little kudos, a tap on the back? I'm a big Georgia. I've been a big Georgia fan since Vince Dooley played uh, with the coach. Herschel Walker played there. Her, you know Herschel Walker? Matthew Stafford, the Super Bowl winning quarter, played there. Would you give Georgia a little credit for a good program they got? I want to talk about Alabama, but Georgia, if they could, good. Next time we don't want to play because Kirby Sanders, I beat him. Speak to me every time. And y'all talk about Clemson ain't done nothing for a long time. They had one good party very strong. But I want y'all to give the Bulldogs a little credit, a little kudos, a little credit, a tap on the back. They ain't even done it. They don't have Georgia beat two good teams, Alabama and Tennessee. Tennessee was number one, and they couldn't have the pressure. I'm getting tired of y'all not giving Georgia Bottle no credit and Kirby Smart no good credit on how great coach he is. He's a great guy. He can, yep. he can be coached. You know, Charles... No, he's, he's, You're absolutely right. He's, uh, <laughs> Just perfect. No notes. Points. No notes. I think Charles got lost on the way to the fine bomb show. I don't know what that was. <laughs> did, it did, did was we have to dump perfect. That? I don't know. By like, way, so chef's what, kiss. What's he talking about? They gorgeous. beat Alabama and Tennessee. You mean last year when they beat Alabama? Last year they Perloff, keep up with Charles. <laughs> Obviously, last year they beat Alabama in the championship but, game, but and then, then we'll, fast forward to Saturday they beat Tennessee. No, I'd be, that implied that they beat them both this year because a regular season Tennessee win. Okay, wait. Just curious, is Charles still on the line? Can we fade up? Do you think he's still talking and doesn't know he's fade? Charles? <laughs> you're right. You yep. Can I ask you one question? Sure. Can I ask you one question? Is Georgia deserve be number one? Of course. There we go. <laughs> okay, so we agree. I have them at number seven behind <laughs> behind Oregon. I have them actually number eight. UCLA, a little bit harder strength to schedule. I'm going to give the Bruins the slight edge over the Bulldogs. I can't believe we just had a former friend on the show. It's fantastic. <laughs> Amazing. Way to nail the dismount, everybody. Mike Samter, Stu Kovacs, Marlo Donahue. Appreciate each and every one of you. We'll see you tomorrow. We out.